Welcome, welcome everybody. I am so excited to bring you all power of enough. Forever now, I have wanted to bring a a podcast or a book, stay tuned, but didn't want to create more noise, more of the same. Recently, Rich and I, eh, Okay, I'll give him credit. Uh, Rich came up with the idea of the concept of enough and really in relation of our journey together in finding balance in aspects of life, but also not settling, still shooting for our dreams, but also learning in different areas of health, fitness, finance, food, relationships, what was enough to help us survive, what was enough to help us thrive? What did we need enough of to go to the next step? Think about it. Have you ever asked yourself or someone else, what is enough? What is not enough? Am I enough? Am I doing enough? Moms out there, You don't even have to be a mom. I think in just modern day society, the bar is set so high from social media, we we assume and we interpret all of these different things. Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough for myself? Am I doing enough for my spouse? Am I doing enough for my kids? Am I doing enough for my friends? Do I have enough? Do I have enough money? Do I have enough willpower? Do I have enough spirituality? Am I healthy enough? Am I fit enough? At some point, we all ask ourselves these questions in some shape, way, or form. Enough is tough. And the truth is, it's always changing. It will never, ever, ever be perfect. It will never be enough. Or let's pose that question. Can it? Will it? My name is Mary Patterson, your modern mama, channeling grit, grace, and gratitude and working hard every day, guys, to live through what we are calling the power of enough, to live fully, to serve fully, to love fully. It is a constant battling act, but guess what? What I have learned, once we stop looking for perfect, we will find our enough. As I always say in class to adults and to the strong girls that I work with, the the middle schoolers, focus on you. What is your enough? What do you need? What does your family need? When we learn to channel our grit. We're going to talk about three main things throughout this podcast. It's going to work into our theme of a power of enough. When we learn to channel our number one, our grit, when we learn when we need grace for ourselves, when we need to give grace to others, and when we learn gratitude every single day and use it every step. Grit, grace, gratitude. This is the power of enough. And we have started this podcast for you guys to help you find your power. There's no tragedy story here of overcoming life-changing obstacles. I don't, I'm not going to shock you all with some mystery tragedy that happened at one point in my life. There's no trust fund laid out for the, the perfect life to do as you want as you go. This is a podcast that comes from an everyday person, everyday person that decided, you know, with their everyday story, that decided just every day what was happening wasn't enough. And if you can relate to that, just feeling like, you know, we listen to podcasts and we listen to stories and and we hear so such inspiring stories, you know, people that come from the bottom to the top. And we feel like if they can't do it, why can't I? But the, how often have you heard that story and you're like, okay, I'm going to go for it. And then you don't. Why not? What's stopping us? That's something we're going to talk about. What's stopping that everyday person? 
then, you know, then we, you know, have our neighbor or somebody that we know that, you know, they're fortunate to have that trust front all laid out. So their, their challenges look very different and we can, uh, uh, we can assume and we can observe and we can judge, but we're not going to do that here. We're going to look at us, the everyday average person. That's who I'm speaking to the average Jane and Joe out there. And holy cow, if we can inspire everyone in some way or form on all ends of the spectrum to dig a little deeper for that grit, that grace, and that gratitude at the right moments in time, and you'll understand that, to find the peace and the happiness and most of all the power, the power to just step beyond and find that peace and happiness find that power of enough. I will be so filled. Oh, just filled to the brim. I I can't even that that is what we're out here for. This first podcast is going to be my story and my background and how I got here to share with you this message and how I am going to continue to be here every week to share this message with you to help you accept the things that you cannot change to challenge you to change the things that you can and to love, love this powerful one life we have been given. So let's start with my journey, right? My journey is a little messy and sloppy, but a little, and I say that a little, it took me a long time to realize it's just a little messy and sloppy. We all have our little story, right? We all have a little messiness, a little sloppiness, and that's When we learn to embrace that, we learn to embrace who we are. It all changes. My childhood is filled with what I'm going to call hidden anxiety and fears. And I call them hidden because I don't, I never talked about it. It was not until a true conversation came about it with two of my best childhood friends at my 40th birthday. Yes, I celebrated 40 this year where we all really opened up about anxiety that we had growing up, anxiety that we have presently in life. And we also all looked at each other almost in awe and shock, shockment. Is that a word? (laughs) You'll get to learn my, my grammar is amazing. Um, we learned that we all battled with things growing up and that made our choices and our direction in life go certain ways But we always looked from the outside at each other as so strong and independent and fearless. And the truth was, that wasn't our truth. We all hid our anxiety and our fears. I was so filled with that hidden anxiety, scared of everything, of everything. It was ridiculous. Um, That could have been labeled as a young child. It was labeled as shy. As you got older... Ladies, you know this can be labeled as many different things because if you're if you're shy, if you have anxiety, you're often quiet in certain situations. Maybe I was a little more serious. So I was seen as unapproachable. I was seen as boring because I never it took time for you to get to know that I really am not boring. <laughs> um I was ugh, I'm going to say the word. I was told that I came across as bitchy, uh too serious. But so I look back and oftentimes going into adulthood, I held on to those feelings. I held on to just those icky feelings of, of how other people perceived me of, of, and I held on to their labels and I held them on for too long at some point, And I really think motherhood changed this. I started to take control and look at those situations and also see that they were also filled with love, success, amazing breakthroughs, an amazing family, beauty, and so much happiness. I was naturally a quiet child, socially awkward. I learned in college that, um, and maybe a little in high school, I won't admit that too much if my mom and dad are listening, um, that alcohol helped that go away a little bit. Now, I don't have any story of overcoming alcohol addiction, but I do as an adult am mindful that 
I have relied on that to kind of loosen me up and feel comfortable in social situations where there came a point to where I didn't want to have to rely on that. Why not be strong and confident with who I am? I'm cool. I'm cool just like the person next to me. Uh, So, you know, there were certain situations in life that I learned to kind of handle the social awkwardness with alcohol. Um, I could laugh at inappropriate times like I'm the person if someone falls you kind of giggle but you really want to ask them if they're okay I don't know why I giggle those times where if you're trying to recite a prayer you had to memorize yes Catholic school girl here through and through oh when you go blank because you're so anxiety filled you have to stand up and say that prayer and recite it and rather than admitting, I'm so nervous. I'm so sorry. My mind just went blank. Can I have more time? I laughed. Yeah, that, that comes across. Maybe that is what comes across the wrong way. <laughs> oh, through and through. Okay. So surely that all comes with the, the anxiety. When I see people I have not seen in a while, I instantly become guilty about something so large or small that I should have done or maybe didn't do at some point in time when I had knew them. Like that's how just that awkwardness and anxiety just fills me up sometimes. But like I said, that is not my story. That is what makes me and has made me who I am. I have an amazing family parents that worked their tailbone off, parents that worked what hard work can provide. They worked their butt off to provide myself and my two brothers a good education. And what is really cool is when I look back, I didn't understand it at the time, but when it came time to picking high school, all three of us went to different high schools and it wasn't because they were trying to place us in a certain way or, I mean, their strategy was purely where will this child best thrive? What is the best situation for them? They were thoughtful about every situation and that's what they tried to do with, for us, our whole childhood. My mom was my softball coach growing up through middle school. My dad coached my brothers in baseball. One of them was always at one of our games. Okay, they even came to my boring cross-country meets in high school, and they will tell me to this day how boring they were, but I still don't care. They showed up, and that's all that mattered to me. Even as an adult, if if they can, they'll come to a triathlon or a half marathon or some random new adventure that I'm doing, and they'll be there to support me, even if it's boring, because usually... I will choose those sports that as a spectator, it's not as fun as football like my brothers had played. They'll tell me, but it doesn't matter. The point is their presence was there and their presence was felt and I never felt unloved. We saw them make mistakes, but we saw them admit their mistakes and grow off of their mistakes. So here it is. Like there's no tragedy story there, right? So where does my power of enough really start? I was always a curious child. I was always very self-aware child, maybe too much. Even as an adult, when people are talking, I'm looking around going, oh my gosh, are you guys being mindful of who's next to you or here? I'm definitely a dreamer, someone who wanted deep down inside to break the mold, to challenge traditions. And so many have said, as they saw me walk through life, that, oh gosh, you're so courageous and fearless. I would have never did that or done that or made that decision. And I never saw myself as courageous or fearless because what I saw was, yeah, sure, I'm standing up for something. I'm not afraid to make a different choice, but what did I do after that? And a great example is after college, I went into teaching and I taught for five years. And I, once I was, I loved those five years. So teaching was definitely at my heart. I I still find myself if there's any time of thinking, what would I do if X, Y, and Z happen? 
teaching in some form is always there. But there was something I always felt like it was missing. So if you teach in a place like New Jersey or in other states that have a tenure and a pension, right? Some of us are like, what? Pension? Well, the year I was granted my tenure and I was granted, which means what? I'm granted a pension. I chose a different career path. That's just one example. Rewind a little bit earlier, uh, I chose to go out of state to school, uh, going to college. I, I could have chosen staying at home, saving more money, or going into New York City. We're so close, commuting from home. But I wanted to get away. I wanted to explore. And some people saw that as courageous and fearless. So I really was just like, I just want to go experience something more than here. There's got to be more. Another adulthood experience is when my husband and I left New Jersey and we left it, you know, with a goal and a dream. And we left all of our family, all of our family back in New Jersey. I mean, everybody close to us in our closest family circle was there and we left it to move to Charleston, South Carolina. So many people look and they're like, oh God, you're so courageous and fearless, but now that I've had time and you're one of your action steps at the end of this is going to be to take time yourself. I kind of giggle now knowing what I know, because I call those plug your ears, kids, F you decisions, F you decisions. However, with knowledge, yes, F you meaning the bad word that we're not going to say, I call those F you decisions, but with knowledge and passion, but here's your second, but are you allowed to put two butts in a in a statement, but with no real follow through. So not afraid to do what you feel is right, to follow your passion, to break the mold, but you're doing just enough. You're still doing just enough in that next step. So I always never felt that fearless or the courageousness because really let's think about it. Is that really different? Is it different? I have been a personal trainer and a nutrition counselor for 15 years. Prior to that, as I said, I was in education and I taught preschool through fifth grade. So sometimes I think maybe that is where my story began in the years of the past 20 years of teaching, of being a personal trainer, of being a nutrition counselor and working with others to try to help them find their breakthroughs. But then realizing that oftentimes when you helped someone reach their goal or find their breakthrough, they still weren't happy. As a fitness professional, as a nutrition counselor, realizing that you can give someone the perfect diet and the perfect fitness routine, but in the end, that's really not what they're looking for. The hard part is find is teaching them to learn that that's not what they're looking for. So maybe that's where my power of enough starts, or maybe it starts with the law of attraction and finding the love of my life, my husband, Rich Patterson, who loved also to embrace challenge and who saw the dream and that fearlessness and courage that I didn't see, that he encouraged me to take it to the next level to say, okay, I see you. I hear your dreams. I see you saying you're going to do this but are you doing enough? Are you really doing it? Let's take it to the next level. Let's continue, right? Let's continue the journey, that foundation. If you work with me as a trainer and as a nutrition counselor, if you've ever worked with me, one of the biggest things I preach and talk about is we have to build a strong, we have to build a strong foundation before we go anywhere else. 
I had that foundation. I have that foundation. My family, my parents, they worked hard and they built it. They fostered it. And then I found this amazing man that was like, okay, you have this foundation. Let's do something with it. And then I'm in this career where I'm observing and seeing others going, man, this is a problem we have in society. We are never happy. We are never happy enough. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be always complaining about the little things that are really beautiful things. I don't want to be filling my day with to-dos that aren't meaningful. We have one life. I'm here one time. I need to make it beautiful. I need to make it meaningful. I have little children. I want to teach how to do that as well. So let's enter that grit, that grace, and that gratitude that we're going to try so hard to teach you. That grit, where does that come from? I've learned that I need and I needed to get gritty more. So many of us stop right before that magic happens, right? Just right when we get really uncomfortable. Not just the, oh wow, this is challenging. The, holy cow, this is hard. Those times where we have to grit and grind and get through it strong, fight for it. Those mornings we don't want to wake up. The simple things, guys, we're talking to average people here, the simple things of getting up in the morning and starting your morning routine, getting your workout in, planning your day, preparing your day. It could be something as small as that. Going to work maybe when you're not feeling like it. Getting gritty, getting down in the trenches. Then also grace, beautiful grace. Knowing when to use it and when not to use it. And it's funny when I first introduce these terms to people and I'll get the grace almost as an excuse. It's like, well, I decided to give myself grace today and I slept in. It's like, "Mm, were you supposed to channel the grace today or was this the time that would have really made a difference if you challenged that grit and you got up anyway and you did it anyway? Finding those moments finding when to use the grit for yourself, when to use the grace. And more often, what we need is using our grace for other people. I find we can easily, and we don't like to admit this or see it, but we can give ourselves grace. Can we give it to other people? That person that did something that really hurt you that maybe you don't think they should be forgiven Can you give them a little grace? Because maybe they're going through a hard time or maybe they don't really, maybe they didn't mean it in the way they did. Maybe they're too scared to apologize. Maybe they're too hurt or they're holding on to something. And then the gratitude. There is so much to be grateful for in this life every single day. And sometimes it might be finding gratitude in the fact that You have dishes to wash because you just had food to eat. And it sounds so silly and there's eye rolls there. I get it. But if we can find gratitude in those small moments, it makes the big moments so much bigger. So how do we challenge this grit? How do we challenge to find this grace and feel this gratitude? That is what the power of enough is about. It's the power to challenge it. It's the power to foster it within yourself. It's the power to challenge it with your spouse or significant other because you are on this journey together. It's the power to foster it for your children and with your children, to do it with them, to live it with them, and to teach them how to use it when they need it. Take that next step. It's also the power to challenge it and use it in your community, in your faith, with your friends. When do you need to give more? When do you need to do more? When do you need to receive more? Let's go back on this first episode to move forward. So this first podcast is going to be about you moving backwards, you looking backwards back at your life. I have spent years of reflecting. You don't need to spend years of reflecting. 
I don't want you to spend years of reflecting. But before our next podcast, I want you to spend time looking back at your life, looking back at your journey, and finding, if you have to, write down these categories, food, fitness, faith, faith can also be used as spirituality, family, finances. Write those down. Food, fitness, faith, family, finances. Go back in your life and observe how you approach these areas in your life, different situations that you approach them in your life. How did you, did you have enough when you had enough, when you didn't have enough, when you did enough, when you didn't do enough? How did you challenge your grit? How did you bring in grace? How did you feel the gratitude? Were there times where you wish you did it another way, where you wish you did it differently? Don't sit in it. Call it sitting in garbage. Don't sit in the garbage. Don't sit in the mistakes. I did that way too long. And my goal is for you to stop doing that and for you to move past that. Don't sit on all of those mistakes. I want you to realize that those mistakes helped that beauty, helped the the fearlessness, helped the courageousness, helped helped you become so powerful and all those happy moments that those gritty hard parts helped the beautiful parts happen. So don't sit in that. They formed you. They made you who you are, but you were an awesome person. You were an amazing person. And I want you to use those lessons of reflection. Learn, look back and say, you know, when, like I said, when did I use them? When did I not use them? And think about how you can move forward and change that cycle you're in. We all have the choice to keep sitting in that same trash that we've built up in our head, or we have the power to adjust and change it. Look at those moments when you should have been a little more gritty. I look back at my high school athletic career. I gave up on myself, but for years, I blamed the athletic director at the school I was in. I became, and you'll hear this story when we talk about fitness, is I came from a small town. I was a big fish in a small town when it came to athletics. I was, uh, you pull out my eighth grade yearbook, I was class athlete. I went into a high school. I became the small fish in a very big pond with very talented women all around me. And I very quickly became a small fish and it was hard. And I blamed my parents for torturing me through that time. Although I I think I knew it, I knew it was the right decision. I was grateful for it, but I blamed the athletic coach because he favored some other girls. And I think he didn't, he didn't see, he didn't give me a chance, but there were other opportunities that I had that I did not use. And I had the support system. I had the encouragement from my families. I had random coaches or random teachers that were there, but I chose not to use it. I chose not to use them. And for years, I put the blame on other people. But when I decided to change my story, to change my narrative and say, hold on, I had a choice there. I had a choice to change that that situation. I had the choice where I could have been involved in things. I had the choice to work harder in certain situations. I didn't choose that. So I'm going to change that narrative and I'm going to start choosing that grit. I'm going to start using that grit when I need it. I'm not going to give up and put the blame on other things, on other people. I'm going to take control. And that's what that reflection piece for you is all about. We can't get back those years, but we can learn from them and we can create a beautiful present life and a beautiful future out of the bad, the good, the in-between. So don't be afraid to dive deep, but don't sit in it too long. Does that make sense, guys? I hope it does. So this is how I came to my Power of Enough journey, and this is how you're going to come to your Power Enough journey. After every episode, we are going to give you, and I say we because sometimes it's going to be me, sometimes it's going to be me and that amazing husband I talk about, and 
Other times, we're going to bring in an expert in different fields of health and nutrition and counseling and love and spirituality and channel, have a little Q&A with them to help give you more insight, more action steps, because every podcast is going to leave you with an action step. I want to be more for you. I want Power of Enough to be a place that you not only go for that inspiration and that uplift, I want you to use it as that place to go to say, okay, I'm lifted up, but now this is the work I need to do. This is the grit I need to get into. I need to find. Sometimes I'm going to have to give myself or somebody else a little grace, but I'm going to feel grateful for this journey every step of the way. So what is your action step today, right? What is it? I promise I won't sing to you during this, this, this podcast. You don't want to hear Mary Patterson sing. So your action step, like I said, is to reflect. Reflect on your life as an individual. Yes, not on your marriage, not on your significant other or your boyfriend or your girlfriend, on you, yourself, me, myself, and I, right? How did you go back to that childhood, go back to that high school? And you can look at relationships. Gosh, we learn more from relationships than anything else. Look at those relationships. Reflect on them. Look at your high school, your middle school, your college years. It depends on how old you are, how we go from there. Your 20-somethings, your 30-somethings, your 40-somethings. Who am I talking to out there, you know? Go back and reflect on you as an individual. How did you handle situations? And then I want you to pay attention to when you used your grit, your grace, and your gratitude. When did you use it spot on, right? When were you like, yes, I wish every moment was like that. And when did you use it, I don't want to say wrong, but mistakenly, when did you make the mistakes? When do you wish you could have, should have done something different? Those mistakes can stay there, right? There's so many sayings about this. And of course, I can't think of one cool quote right now, but right, we can sit and we can just harp on that mistake or we can learn from it. We learn the most from our failures, right? And I want you to just get that, get, get a rhythm going in your head and start thinking, wow, how can I change this moving forward? Next week, we will dive more into relationships and it'll be Rich and I, my beautiful husband, talking about how we found our power of enough, our story of our power of enough together and hopefully take you as an individual from this episode to in a relationship because if you're in a marriage you need to be in sync if you're in you don't if you're living with somebody you need to learn how to be in sync and how to work together you can't be two individuals on this journey in this life and we will also talk about as a family maybe how we go forward with our kids that will come next week so you have your homework I hope I left you with a little inspiration and a little seed of what this Power of Enough podcast, how it was inspired, what it's going to be about, all things healthy, living life to the fullest. Thank you all so, so much for taking the time to listen to our first episode, Power of Enough. If you like it, if you are inspired by it, please share it with other people. Please leave us a review and let us know what you think and let us know how you feel. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If we sparked any like, oh yeah, tell me more about X, Y, and Z, share it with us. We want this podcast to be for you. We are not perfect. We are still learning. And that is also what this is going to be all about is the process of finding the power of enough, how it's not always the same and how it's going to change and adjust and adapt with whatever this wonderful life throws at you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. I love you all. And I will see you next week with episode number two. 
Hello, hello, Power of Enough tribe, my beautiful people. This is Mary Patterson here, your modern mama, channeling her grit, grace, and gratitude to live and help you live the healthiest, happiest life you possibly can, that you were meant to do, that we were meant to live. We are going to dive into today our second podcast for our stress-free holiday series. Yes, stress-free. You know, a little bit of stress is good. It's all about the excitement and the fun of the holidays. It creates this, this energy. But oftentimes, I watch and I observe people are loaded down and the joy is just stripped away from the time and the season. Some of the things we're going to talk about today you're you're going to realize you need to channel into your everyday life. So if not now, I mean, guys, you've got to start doing this now. Now, during your holiday season is the best time to kind of check in with yourself so you can see how you can enjoy with an elevated schedule, with more things going on, how you can truly enjoy it and be present and be filled with all of the goodness around you, the gratitude around you, if you can do it now through this season, you can do it any, any time. We are going to talk about scheduling and traveling today. Last week in our, our podcast number two, we talked about money and what we were very specific and task oriented on the idea of gift giving and the extended, the extra expenses that come around the holidays and how to handle it. What is enough money for you to enjoy the holidays? So if you miss that, I encourage you to go back and listen to it and get it in your head and then come back here and let's think about the scheduling and the traveling. What is enough traveling? What is enough scheduling? Or more likely, how do I handle it? How do I handle it? Have you ever heard the term oblocation? That vacation where you're obligated to go on, not that you want to go on that schedule that you're obligated obligated to withhold, the traveling that you're obligated to do. I used to use it and I cringe at the idea of using to use it because I have never gone on an obligation before, ever, 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 ever. But that term felt right because the traveling used to be spent with more stress and anxiety. And it was more of not about enjoying the quality time. It was more about pleasing everybody and making everybody happy where the stress and everything started to override it. And it just became like check boxes, task oriented, right? So I want you to think about yourself and I want you to think about, have you ever, how would you answer these questions? Do you, when you come back from a trip or traveling, or even a day where you were, they say Christmas day. Do you remember the trip? Like the actual experience? Or do you remember the travel anxiety? The time spent traveling, the anxiety spent trying to get here to here. The, do you remember coming back exhausted? Like, do you come back totally exhausted where you feel like you need a day off? You need a vacation from your vacation? Can you remember the time that you spent? Can you remember a moment, at least one moment of quality time spent, a good laugh you had with a friend or family member? Time, just feeling like you reconnected with somebody, relaxing a little bit. Or do you remember being so task-oriented over being present? Think about these questions. Think about how you felt last year. And think about them before you go into planning. It is not too late to plan this year's schedule. And that's what we've got we've to get out of our mind. And you'll see our step one is like, you have a choice always, 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 always. We're not going to do things because we're obligated. We're going to do things because we want to. And we're going to find a way to make it the specialist and, and have the most quality time built around it. Rich and I used to split our holidays like boom down the middle in the day or what we try to split down in the middle. Like, and I mean, to literally in my head to where I was counting, how many hours were we at his house? How many hours were we at our house? Wondering if somebody else in, in our families were calculating it, thinking we were favoring one side over the other. And it 
became to the point of where I was not enjoying in the time spent with either one of our families. And it wasn't their fault. That was on me. I filled that day with the anxiety of trying to be on time, be there, be here at this time. And then my anxiety fed over to Rich's anxiety. And he's like, well, why are we leaving now? We're in the middle of this. Can we wait five more minutes or, or the opposite? And our anxieties kind of just meshed together. And then, you know, do you find yourself arguing with your significant other on the holidays, getting here and there, or trying to make plans? It's not healthy, right? And we did it for years. And it came to a point where we decided that this isn't, hold on a second. Nobody's making us do this. And what's happening is we're not spending the quality time with our families or with each other. And we're not showing our own children, once we had children, how to experience what the holiday is really about, what Thanksgiving is about, what Christmas is about, and how to really experience it. So we made decisions earlier than I see a lot of people making. But it was because we we had that foresight of saying, if we don't stop this now, you start to get into that rabbit hole and then nobody enjoys the day, you know, and that's why we get all grinchy, right? We talked about that last, last week in podcast too, like just the, the, the bitter mint that surrounds, surrounds everything. And we want to keep the quality, the quality time that you spend together. I would rather spend an hour of super quality time than four hours of stress and anxiety of checking things off the list and worrying about what everybody's thinking about how I'm spending time with them or what. So quality always goes over everything and you have to retrain your brain. And some people are not going to think like that. Some people are not going to be like that, but you have to decide how you handle that, which brings us into step one, your action step one to really think about, or point one, whatever we want to call it today. Point one in setting your schedule and traveling is you choose you choose. You will hear me say this over and over and over again in the way we respond to everything in life. And because this was one of the hardest lessons I learned. And if those of those of you that know me had that have known me for a long time is I had a hard time growing up taking responsibility and making that choice. And that's why I am so in choosing and saying, hold on, the blame is not on them. The blame is not on this situation. I have a choice here. And when you start taking that self-responsibility, when I started taking it, and I still have a hard time sometimes taking it, it will change. It will change your day. It will change every moment. It will change the trajectory of how you view your life and what you want to do and everything around it. You have a choice in every situation. And for those of you that are telling me, sometimes I don't have a choice. Let's talk about it when it comes to scheduling and traveling and holidays and families and friends. Some people we have to see, right? Sometimes you don't want to see them. They, some, and, and it's nothing against anybody. They probably, a lot of times it's that somebody feels the same way about you. And you're like, we just don't jive together. You choose how you respond to that situation. You can go into it bitter and you can make that situation stressful, anxiety ridden and all of that stuff and come out arguing, fighting, or making the other person mad or just being sad. Or you can know that that scenario happens all the time and you can choose how you can, how you respond. You can choose not to talk about certain things, right? Do we all have that person that brings up the subject whether it be we could go politics or religion and you're like, you know ahead of time you choose not to participate or you choose how much you're going to participate. You choose how long you're going to be there. You have a little more power than you give yourself credit for, so take that power back. And don't make it negative, keep it, keep it positive. Back on the situations that you know you really do have a choice, Okay, you have a choice how, where you go on what day and what you do, especially, you know what? Not especially you, you have a choice regardless, whether you are single, whether you're married, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, you are creating your day. You are creating your season. Make it yours. You are not obligated to anything. So if you love your fam, like family, whether you, or, you know, or some parts of it, you don't want to go see, or you do want to go see, you choose, you choose how you're going to create that experience. 
You choose how you're going to spend that time. Okay. I get mad when I used to use the word obligation because I love spending time with both of our families. It wasn't not enjoying spending time with the families. It was the stress of thinking, am I pleasing everybody? And you know, am I spending again, are they, they counting the hours I spent at this house or the hours I spent at that house? Once I got rid of that and said, look, like, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what our family decided. We'll be here and then we'll join you here. We're really looking forward to it. It, it, it changed the whole, the whole channel, whether other people, maybe, maybe it wasn't received as positively. You're not going to make everybody happy, but you go into that situation and you're like, yeah, you go into it calmer, relaxed and enjoying it much more. So that comes to action step two or point two is if you are still like, oh my gosh, you're saying I have a choice. But that is that whole idea of, of knowing what your choice really is, what you want to switch your schedule to. Like when we switched from saying, Hey, we're not going to split Christmas in half. We're not going to split Thanksgiving in half. We are spending one day here and we will be with you guys here. Once you do that, it is hard to do. So I'm not, I'm not over-glossing that. It is not a good thing. And people are going to be like, well, they get Thanksgiving first and we get Christmas first or, you know, vice versa. And, or they'll be remembering last year. Well, last year you spent Christmas with them. Are you going to spend it with us? You are going to hit those. But again, you choose how deep you're going to dive into that or not dive into it. You don't have to dive deep into that. Okay. Yeah. This is why we're doing that. This works best for us. Boom. Period. Done. Right. But what you have to do is if that is giving you stress and anxiety, annoyance, you have to know where, where are these feelings coming from? Where are these feelings that are stopping you to make these choices and to choose and, or to say no and to say yes? Where are these feelings coming from? That feeling of stress, annoyance, resentment, right? And these can be feelings inwards that you're putting on yourself. These could be feelings that you're putting on your significant other. These could be feelings that you're projecting towards your children and you don't even realize. These could be feelings you're putting on your parents, on your siblings, on significant others, on friends. Where are they truly coming from? And you may have to dig a little deeper to figure out where they're coming from. Once we realized that those feelings were not towards anybody, it was just us trying to please people that, you know, all that, the bitter, the, the, the bickering right in the car, like who raise your hand if you've bickered with your spouse, like from one family house to the other family house, like wait all the way there. And then when you're transitioning to the next house and then when you're transitioning to the final house, right. And then you're like, and you walk in and you're like, Hey, and everybody's smiling, right? Yeah, no. A lot of that is surface bickering. It's there's deeper underlying things. And most of the time it's not between you guys. And we learned, and I'm going to give a big shout out, um, for those of you that don't listen yet, the rise together podcast with Rachel and Dave Hollis is great. And something that they said really helped Rich and I in making all decisions big and little. So in scheduling and traveling, like this is not a problem this is not, this is a problem that it's, it's not the problem against us. It's him and I against that problem. There is a problem out there. We have to look at it from the outside perspective and work together to solve it. We're not going to sandwich it between the two of us and ping pong it back and forth and make it a problem between the two of us. It is him and I solving the problem. So if you can think about that when you're working with other people and communicating that, you might be able to dive a little deeper into where your feelings are coming from and how you can solve it and how you can make it better. And there may be some compromising, but then again, that's where you choose, you know, how to work with that compromising and you choose to make the best of it, which comes to action step three, right? Know thyself and know your family. You have to know who you are. So let's talk specifically on traveling. Now that we live further away, it's not long. It's no longer splitting a day or splitting the holidays or saying, hey, we'll see you Christmas Eve. We'll see you Christmas day. We are either not coming home 
or we are coming home and then we are looking at a week where we're trying to schedule out and see family members. When you take that traveling to that extended self, you really have to know yourself and know your significant other and know your children. And communication is key. What I have learned about myself is if I don't have a little bit of time in every day to myself, I will not be kind to others. And it is not their fault. It is not anything they're doing. It is because I didn't have that just moment, that time to a little reflect. You know, a lot of people are, you know, you're, you're social people. You thrive off of being with people. I'm kind of 50-50. I love being with people, but I need to be by myself a little bit too. And if I don't have that like moment where I can zone in and reflect and just be present and say, okay, what's happening? What just happened? What's going on tomorrow? And kind of recenter myself, it, 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 it doesn't go well. <laughs> we'll just say that. <laughs> Grinchy, maybe we could say it goes grinchy. Um, but I have learned to communicate that. I think what happened with me is I was always afraid to communicate that saying, you know, hey, my Rich and I are going to go for a run this morning. Um, and no, we're not. Or, hey, we've planned this little trip for our family this hour. We're going to go do this and then we'll come back and then we'll do something all together. That helped us immensely because it's not, it was just, it just sometimes we need that little pullback and that break, that recentering time, refocus time, and then to go back in. And it makes the time together what we're looking for, more quality. So we could go home and say, yeah, that was great. I feel refreshed. I had great time. Um, I had great moments, great time. The kids had great times with their cousins. So we found that we need to balance it that way. It can't be all in, all the time, all craziness. Some people can do that and some of you can do it. We can't. Um, And we know that children sometimes need that little pullback. They're not going to recognize it, but we need to create that for them. So know yourself. Another thing that we learned about ourselves is we've kind of got that four-day max, like staying at somebody else's home, even staying in hotels were kind of like this, staying in somebody else's place, whether they are, and I will say my parents are the most, they're like, hey, you're here, here's your room, your room, you've got your space, what are you doing, what are the plans, but it's still not your space. Or I should say, like, you know, where you are is I I might feel more comfortable, but it's because I lived in that house for a little bit, but maybe my spouse, it's, it's, it's not their space. So you, it kind of messes with your routine a little bit and you've got to check in. And and we've learned that we've kind of got that by that fourth day, you're kind of like, okay, I need to reset. And that resetting doesn't necessarily mean the traveling has to be over. Sometimes we just need to reset and go to a different location. And again, that is not anybody else. That is just keeping the quality in the time together. So you have to know, you know, what is your limit? What are your limitations? Stop them before they, you know, go beyond the point of bitterment and stress and resentment that really doesn't exist and shouldn't exist. Don't create that if you don't have to. And you don't ever have to because you always have a choice. So if you know, oh gosh, four days would be perfect, but hey, we're going to be here for six days in this one location, schedule it accordingly. Think ahead of time so you can plan and know, hey, that's a lot for me. I know I'm going to have to have little blurps here and there. You know, it, it, it could be you going into a bedroom and saying, closing the door for a half an hour and finding a book. It could be you going for a walk. It could be those little things built in here and there that you need to do to create that quality in that time. So know thyself, know your family, and open the doors to the communication. Okay? Final, final pointer and tip. We could go on and on about this, but this one is a big one, and this is going to be a small blurb of what's to come a bigger podcast is, are you unnecessarily busy? And I want you to think about this in your regular life. Do you have unnecessary busyness in your life? Unnecessary busyness. Do you have lots of to-dos? You are so busy. The day, the end of the day comes though. And you're like, what the heck did I do today? The end of the week comes. What did I do? The end of the month comes. 
and you're not even sure where your life is going, what direction it's going, who you're guiding, who's driving the boat, who's, who's helping put out the anchor, you're so lost and confused. That's unnecessary busyness. And it comes back to like really diving deep into like, what, what is your purpose? Where, where do you want to go? You know, in, in, in big and small ways, sometimes we've got to look and bury it down and, and, and make it small, small, small. So if you're struggling with this in your regular life, the holidays may make it a little more challenging. However, I find the holiday season a great time to check in with this. Because most people take these little breaks here and there during the holiday season, random days, and, and sometimes, like, uh, depends on what your business is or what your work life is, sometimes things ramp up, but in some areas they also ramp down because everybody's trying to fight the balance. So there's a little more grace given in different areas of our life, right? So we may have to get gritty and get a lot more done on our to-do list, but we're going to have to give grace to so-and-so that, you know, I had to travel maybe at a time we didn't want them to during work. And we're going to help and and hope that somebody provides that for us. If we're traveling at a time, maybe for work, that's not the best. So we can relate, take that and relate it into all avenues of our life, but take a look, take a look deeper than that at the unnecessary busyness Can you look back at your day and say, wow, what was the high? We do something at dinner time. What was the best part of your day? What was the worst part of your day? Can you reflect on your day or are you just like, oh, I don't even know what I did today. Well, I went here and here and here and here. No, that's not what it's about. Think about what's really important. And if you can start that during the holiday season where you are hopefully spending time more with friends or spending time more with family, you can kind of harness that and hopefully carry that into the new year and into your regular busy, uh, your regular schedule. And there's two things I want you to kind of think about is that one thing that we talked about is knowing yourself and creating that balance. But the biggest thing is that overcommitment. Are you so overcommitted that you're undercommitted? And if you're doing this in your regular life, it's, and you might not realize it, the holiday season will magnify it for you. And that's why it's something good to think about now and put in your head, because if you catch yourself doing it during the holiday season, it'll kind of talk to you. It'll hit you. It'll hit you when you're starting to feel that resentment or not so happy or, or the holiday season, you're kind of feeling like you don't know which direction you're going in and you're not truly enjoying it. I want you to ask yourself, are you so overcommitted that you're uncommitted? That question came up to me, that, that idea, that concept came up to me once when I just watched really how we schedule our children. And I see children doing, it's beyond sports. We can even go beyond sports and activities and, oh, this is cool. Sign them up for here. Okay, this is cool. But they want to do that sport, that sport, and that sport. And we have some rules that we set in our, in our guideline, in our house that we can, we can talk about again at another podcast when we dive into the overcommitted, uncommitted concept is that, you know, can you truly be committed to that team? Can you 100% be committed to that team? Yeah. Some things are going to happen, some blurbs here and there, but can you be committed? Are you going to be half in this team and half in that? Then we're not teaching you commitment. We're not teaching you what it's like to be a true team player. And I think that spirals into how we schedule our lives as an adult. When you have an event going on, holiday specific, there's four events going on in one night and you just replied yes to all of them. You are so overcommitted that you are uncommitted. When you're traveling and you have scheduled out every single block of time, you are so overcommitted that you were uncommitted in a different way, but you're uncommitted. That event, those four events in one night, how can you create quality time? How can you show that person that you're showing up and you're being present for them to be with them? (coughs) Excuse me. How can you, how can you do that? You can't when you're in and out for 20 minutes, you barely say hello and you say goodbye. You know, you're in and out and people are like, we're like, where's Waldo? Where are you next? If you're feeling like that, you need to pull back. It's okay to say no and to tell people why you're saying no. They will understand. 
and try to make it up. Say, hey, I can't this time. I'm really upset. I would love to make it. Let's schedule lunch in the new year when things calm down a little bit. And you can, you can find that time, readjust, so you find the quality, so you can go to one event, maybe the two events, and truly be there, be present, and enjoy it. When you're traveling, right, that schedule some downtime, schedule some time where you have nothing planned. I actually have the opposite problem where when we travel, I'm like, I just want to kind of go with the flow. That got me in trouble to where, like, go with the flow and then you're waiting for other people and then you're relying on other people. Then you're getting mad that they're not ready when you thought you were going to go, but nobody was clear on directions and schedule. There, there's the opposite extreme too. But so I know I had to start planning a little more, but it's about finding the balance in the planning. Find some time that you're, you're not planned, that you don't have a lot of things going on. That's okay too. But ask yourself and be really true when you look at, just start with the holiday season, start with your parties, start with your traveling. Are you overcommitted that you're uncommitting? And uncommitting to what? Uncommitting to people, uncommitting to yourself, uncommitting to the quality time, uncommitting to just being present and living. I'm going to leave you with that because I think it's a powerful way to think about your scheduling and your traveling and looking at what is coming towards you for the next month. Because if you can take a deeper look at that now, it will change the way you flip into the new year and start your new year off. You guys are amazing. Find your power of enough. Scheduling, traveling, it is all about quality time. You have a choice on your schedule you have a choice on how you respond to your schedule. Keep it positive. Keep it happy. Keep it holly. Be present. Love it. Find your power of enough for a stress-free, stress-free holiday season. Love you all.